This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for your tablet, smartphone, and desktop. Support the show and get a free audiobook of your choice by visiting audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hey everyone, I'm Rod Roddenberry, and you're listening to Trek FM. Follow Standard Orbit, Mr. Chekhov, and take us in. I said... Is the word of Landru. Joy to you, friends, and thanks for joining us here in Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated show to the original series. My name is Drew, or Landru, and this is my co-host, Mike. Hello. We're here to talk to you about the original series. Now, Mike, you had a concept the other day that I thought was very interesting, so why don't you explain it to the, uh, to the audience? Well, basically, you know, I don't know. Like, just recently we talked about uh, editing on commentary Trek stars, and, you know, that's something of great interest to me. And, um, you know, there's a lot of things out there where people are like, I love this thing. I want more of it. And my philosophy has always been like, that means I'm going to have to watch more of it. And then I can't (laughs) watch Breaking Bad. And then, I mean, come on. Like, do we really need more of it? Do we really need 700 episodes of Star Trek? What if Star Trek was only 200 episodes, but they were the right 200 episodes? Hmm. It would be freaking awesome, right? And I think think that applies to the original series. I think there's a lot of um, what uh, I hear Bruce Willis refers to as chuffa. I don't know what that means, but I think it means stuff you don't need. Hopefully it's not offensive. Hopefully not. We can cut that out if you want. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. <laughs> I think I think that 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 Star Trek has a lot of extra stuff, extra stuff which just kind of hangs around and doesn't need to be there. And I think that if you were to cut a lot of that stuff, it would be a lot more refined and cool and better. It would probably make a lot more sense, and uh, just in general, be of a higher quality. You know, so what I thought we could do is go through the original series and look episode by episode and discuss that episode's worthiness of being included in the, let's call it the standard orbit canon. Okay. Okay. And then come up with a list of uh, perfection. And now it's not just like, well, that episode's good and that episode's bad, so get rid of that episode. Although there is going to be a lot of that, but there's going to be some like, well, that episode is bad, but we need it in order to have this good episode later on. Or Mm -hmm. that episode is really good, but it messes up this even better episode later on, so we need to get rid of it, you know? Right. So what's our standard? I think I think the idea is you know we eventually want to get to Star Trek Six, right? Star okay. Trek Six is the end, sort of the end game kind of thing, but not end game. It's you know the end of Discovery no, Country. No, it's not end game. No, <laughs> um, so we want to get to that point, unless we decide that there is a better end point somewhere else. Although I personally think that Star Trek Six is the best ending you could possibly have for the original yeah, series. No, especially if we if we. Uh, separate the wheat from the chafe, then we get the... Uh, uh, I think that Star Trek Six would be a really good ending for it. Yeah. Yeah. So I figured today we'll just do season one. 
and uh, return to this concept later on, right? Sounds good. All right. So we start with, I mean, I think I think we have to start, even though these two aren't in the correct order, right? But we, we have to start with the cage and where no man has gone before and then get into... Right. Right, because those two clearly come first. Yeah. Okay, so the cage. That's our first question. Now, I love the cage. Yes, you do. <laughs> you don't love the cage? I don't love the cage. Okay, well then you're probably going to have no problem with me saying that I think we should cut it. Because by cutting it, it I think that the menagerie makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I do think keeping the menagerie is is good for Spock's character mm-hmm. and, and to give you that kind of backstory. Uh, but the cage itself is is not necessary to the arc, the the because we're basically pitching a, a story arc, right? Like like we're Babylon Five and we've got this five year arc, yeah. But we're gonna have a three year plus maybe the cartoons plus the movies arc, yeah, yeah. And um, also, if we're doing that arc, it makes sense to start it with the main characters have Kirk and Spock mm-hmm. in place already. So I it'd say, be it'd be confusing. Right. And we do still get to have it. We still get to have that that the the story and and the well they changed the moral of that episode, but we still get to have most of that episode in, in a future episode. So right. that works. Alright, so the cage is gone. Alright. It's good to know. Next up is where no man has gone before. And this is a tricky one, because in some ways it does feel like a really good introduction, since this is prior to Spock being the first officer and everything like that. But at the same time, there is stuff in it that doesn't really make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, this one's tough. I mean, you kind of want to keep the first episode with, with the crew together, but the crew's not all together. Not everybody's in the right spots. Mm-hmm. Um. I honestly I think don't it's, know. I think it's solid enough. As it's a good entry point in that, you know, so it's not just like, oh, they're all here. You know, it's like you see Kirk and Spock interacting, but Kirk isn't the first, or I'm sorry, but Spock isn't the first officer yet. So now here, mm-hmm. this is where, you know, he becomes the first officer. And it is a pretty solid episode, too. I mean, I think that go- along the way, you know, there's got to be points where we're just like, Yes, we have to have the trouble with tribbles because it's awesome. Even if it do, even if it contradicts everything that came before, <laughs> we so we still need there to be a, a certain level of quality here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it needs to be worth watching. And if we're going to be cutting out the things which are the best things to watch, then that kind of destroys the point, right? Okay, I can see that. So we're keeping where no man has gone before. I I think we should. I think okay. we should. Okay. So that leads us to the first regular episode, which is the man trap. Gone. Gone? Okay. Gone. Why do you say that? <laughs> uh it's 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 literally a monster of the week episode. And if you were gonna make uh you know, the famous monster of the week show is uh, you know, like X Files. And, you know, you can either take or leave the mythology or Monster of the Week episodes. But if you're going to build, if we're building the mythology episodes of Star Trek, we don't need this particular Monster of the Week episode. Okay. And it's kind of sexist. 
Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. That's gone. How about Charlie X? Charlie X. Um, again, kind of sexist as most of the early episodes are, but I mean, it's not a bad episode. I don't know about pitching it just because it doesn't really fit. It, I'm sure we'll leave other, you know, the other, some of the other godlike kids that we run across or godlike aliens. Yeah. That, I mean, that maybe a, we could get rid of it. thing, right? Right. Because it's definitely not the best of the of the godlike aliens. Is it a terror? I mean, is it an episode that you really dislike, or no. do you, do you enjoy it? You think it's a I mean, good I, episode? I mean, I guess if we're if we're on the fence and we think the episode is good, it makes sense to keep it. But it doesn't really fit into the to the to the whole arc. I mean, like I I wouldn't I wouldn't say you have to watch Charlie X in order to understand what the original series is about. I don't think that these necessarily have to be just things that do that. I mean, they can also be like high quality works that stand on their own. I'm not okay. saying that Charlie X is a high quality work, but like for example, you know, coming up on like The Enemy Within, you know, even though that doesn't necessarily fit into the whole thing, like I think that that episode is solid enough that we would want to keep it, right? Right. Charlie X I really have no feeling about one way or the other. I feel like that if we were to uh, take the time and like call this list down and then go through the list again and call it down even further, that Charlie X would be the first to go. Okay. So take it out. Can we have like a keep it if we have to column? Sure. Yeah. All right. We can do that. All right. So we'll leave it out for now and come back to it later on if we need to. Next up, The Naked Time. Naked Time. Good episode. It it kind of shows the the characters acting out of character, but you get an idea of what their character is. I'd say keep it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a good enough episode. It's worth keeping. All right, that makes it the list. Next, the enemy within, which we just talked about. I'm mm -hmm. very fond of this episode. I think it's pretty cool. Anytime that you can have William Shatner playing two characters instead of one, you know that's a good thing. So. Mm -hmm. Um, I say keep it. Now, here's where uh, where I bring up parts of the episode that don't really fit in with this broad continuity that we're trying to build. Okay. Because the whole thing is that they're uh, stuck down on the planet, right? Mm-hmm. And that Sulu's freezing to death. That's this episode, right? Yeah. And they can't beam him up because the transporter's broken. But they'd never mentioned shuttlecrafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do we throw out this whole episode because it doesn't really fit into the broader continuity because of that one point? Or do we continue to ignore the lack of shuttlecrafts in this episode? I see what you're saying. Let's let's throw it out. Say when in doubt oh. when in doubt, throw it out. Okay. All right. Next up, I think I know the answer to this one already, even if this episode isn't that great. I know that you're gonna to want to keep it for future reference. And that would be Mud's Women. And see, I'm glad that you mentioned that in your introduction, because I would have been like, throw it out, it's terrible. But we have to keep it around to keep my Mud around, yes. which is important to me. To you, yes. Yes, to me and me only. So I would vote to keep it, but I could also be okay with, if we're just building, I'm okay with letting I Mud go when we get to it. Interesting. But I mean, if that's one of your favorite episodes, I mean, like I was saying before, 
like arena, I wouldn't care if like arena contradicted everything that came before. I'd be like, we have to have it in there because it's arena. I would rather throw out every other episode of the show and just make the list arena, you know? But I know that, yeah, arena and Star Trek six, it's all you need. Right. But I know in my heart of hearts that Imod is not a very good episode and that it does not, uh, it doesn't really add to the, the series. It's sure. It's my favorite, but just cause I enjoy it doesn't mean that, that I can't, uh, uh, let it go from, especially because this is just a, you know, a fun discussion thing. You know, I'm not saying take my Blu-rays and scratch that part of the disc and I'll never watch it again. Or Is there any reason to cut out iMud? Is there any reason to cut out Mud's Women? Not continuity-wise, no, but Mud's Women is just really, really sexist. And I don't know if we're going to try to build an idealized original series with this new continuity. I mean, because it's still going to take place in the 60s, because we're still using the episodes as they are. Yeah. Because um, we're not rewriting them. <sighs> I don't know. I think I think it's it's worth keeping Mud's women in order to get I Mud later on. Okay. Yeah. Looking right. at it from I your perspective. I appreciate that. Not. Yeah. All right. Next up, what are little girls made of? Hmm. I like androids, obviously. Mm-hmm. I'm a, um, it, it's sure even the writers admitted it was a story that had been done before, mm-hmm. but, uh, the twist of, you know, the, the guy making the androids being an android himself and, and not, you know, really able to admit it. Um, and you get double Kirks because we threw out Turnabout Intruder. We need to have Shatner playing off Shatner. Who says we threw out Turnabout Intruder? We, we didn't? Well, that doesn't come out until, like, the last episode, Damn it. right? That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, and that's enemy. not Kirk against Kirk. Enemy, enemy within. within. Yes, okay. Yes. <laughs> I couldn't remember which evil Kirk was which. I'm sorry. But because we threw out Enemy Within, we need Kirk v. Kirk. Okay. Dawn of of kicking. So... We, we've we got to... I, th- I think we should keep this one just to have a Shatner on Shatner episode. Okay. By the way, Chris would be so proud when I typed in Mud's women onto my iPad. Um, Mud was autocorrected to Judd. <laughs> yeah. Judd's women. That would be a completely different episode. Yeah. All right. So what, are, what are little girls made of? Next up. Miri. Miri? Hmm. It depends on uh, what we do with all those episodes we talked about a few weeks ago. With the, uh, you know, alternate Earth, uh, you know, eerily, eerily similar Earth cultures. This one is way too similar, though. Okay, I guess here's the thing with that, right? I don't necessarily have a problem with those, but then again, you could easily say that they use that crutch way too often, right? Mm -hmm. So unless the episode is really good, perhaps it makes sense to get rid of those so that it doesn't become a thing like it is on the original series. Okay. We can keep it from becoming a thing by eliminating most of the things. Right. So unless you're very fond of Miri. No, I'm not very fond of Miri. All right, then it's gone. Next up, Dagger of the Mind. Hmm... 
Tagger of the Mind. Well, we get we get some, uh, you know, Kirk uh, mentions of Kirk macking on people at Christmas parties. Yeah, which would be a shame to lose. But also, there's. I mean, I've never found much there in Dagger of the Mind. I mean, I don't think it's a great episode by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it's cool. I would say it's mm-hmm. a good episode. So, I don't know. Is there is there any reason to cut it out? Aside from it being not excellent? And aside from it not being Janus Rand like it should be? Um, yeah. No. I, I mean, I don't think so. I would put it on the in the Charlie X pile. Okay. All right. You I'll... know, like the if we need more filler, then then we'll put that one back in. All right. Well, there probably shouldn't be any filler. You know, I mean, shorter is better. Okay. Right. I mean, that's usually because we're not really doing a a specific number. We're not aiming for right. You know, let's make a forty episode series or something. Right. Right. If we can make it three episode series, great. <laughs> but I don't think we can. arena and. And Star, Star Trek, Trek Six. Six. We've That's already it. established that. Yeah. Okay. And so. I'm Ud in the middle for no reason. There right. We go. Okay. So we'll cut out Dagger of the Mind. So that was fun. That was good. That was good. <laughs> so we got uh, Arena and uh, I'm Ud and Star Trek Six. Yep. It was fun. One more. It was fun talking about. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What up? <laughs> okay. Next is the Corbamite maneuver. We have to keep it. Yeah, I think it makes sense. It's sort of like a good establishing episode. You know, yeah. early on, all that stuff. It it's a little. I mean, it's paced kind of strangely. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's act structure is a little weird. But other than that, I mean, you kind of you get the you get the uh, fear of being in space. You know, like oh, there's these crazy aliens. They're gonna blow us up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you get some. Uh, you get Kirk Spock banner, and you get Spock McCoy banner. Uh, and yeah, I, I think we should keep it. All right. Now, next up is one which we've talked about already, but I'm still going to question this, and that's the Menagerie, parts one mm-hmm. and two. Now, it's a it's a great episode and everything like that, but at the same time, if you get rid of, you know, just kind of like the shuttlecrafts and an enemy within, if you get rid of the Menagerie, then you don't have Spock acting like a lunatic, you know, in in uh, 10 years prior for no real good reason. Hmm. I can see. Okay. Especially if we keep, like, yesteryear, which I think we should, Mm -hmm. you know? And then we do see what he was like as a kid, and it's like, what happened to him when he got into space? Was he just like... Peer pressure. Yeah. (laughs) Just going around shouting, the women, for no reason. (laughs) So I'm going to say that we should hmm. cut out the menagerie. I'm trying to think what we'll lose. We'll lose. Unless you think that the menagerie is so good that it needs to be in here. It's like an untouchable episode. I like I like the the lengths that Spock is willing to go to for his old captain. Mm-hmm. Like thinking of the framing devices and not the cage in the middle of it. Yeah. But like in, in the framing device, I, I I like the concept of Spock willing to do everything and give up, uh, command and Starfleet and, and all this stuff just to help out an old captain. Yeah. And that can kind of be, I mean, if you look at Star Trek six, this is kind of a precursor to it. 
with I, Spock breaking the rules and doing that. But you don't really need yeah. the the previous time to understand, especially by the time we get to Star Trek VI, what uh, that that Spock would do this for Kirk. Yeah, though it is kind of neat to have him do that for Pike too. But I can see, I can see getting rid of them uh, for laughing Spock reasons. Yeah. All right. So Menagerie Parts 1 and 2 are gone. Tough choices. Tough choices. Mm -hmm. Next up, The Conscience of the King. Conscience of the King. Not a bad episode. Pretty good episode. Yeah. I think that getting rid of it would solve a lot of... There's a lot of problems with for me in that episode, mostly based on continuity. Like, Kirk grew up on this planet where this guy killed all these people... When did Kirk grow up on this planet? Why couldn't he recognize the guy on site? Certainly there were pictures or something. I mean, it goes by the recognition of this guy's voice. Well, certainly you could have figured that out. You know, if this is if this is a guy that you've been obsessed with for years, and then he shows up and you're just like, ah, I can't be that guy. Yeah. Oh, maybe it is. Maybe we should get rid of it. All right. Yeah, I don't have a uh, a strong feeling one way or the other about conscience of the king i think it's good but it doesn't need to be there so get rid of it get rid of it all right next up balance of terror balance of terror hmm that i think we need to keep yeah yeah i think so yeah i mean it establishes the romulans right there right so do we need romulans i think we're going to run into them sooner or later okay because I'm, I mean, thinking about the episodes, I mean, we could theoretically just cut out the Romulan episodes. And... Yeah. But, but then season three will be two episodes long, which is okay. But Yeah. And in Balance of Terror, I think, is a really good episode. In but, but yes, Balance of Terror is a really good episode. No reason, we should keep it. No reason to get rid of it. So, okay. Next up, Shore Leave. Shore Leave. It's a fun episode. Uh, we get some Kirk backstory. And it's an, it's another one of those kind of like Naked Time where it shows what people do on their off time and, and how that kind of describes them. Uh, you know, Sulu likes guns and picks them up and shoots them randomly. Yeah. Um, things like that. So yeah, I would keep short leave, actually. Yeah. No reason to get rid of it. Yeah. All right. Next up, the Galileo 7. We have to keep. Yeah. Does a good job of establishing Spock's character. It's a very solid mm-hmm. episode. Dodgy alien special effects, but that's that's okay. It's the sixties series, yeah. All right, next up, the Squire of Gothos. And this is what I was thinking about when I was thinking about getting into Charlie X, because we've got other better godlike children, whether yeah. they're they look grown up or not, uh, in even in this season. So. Uh, I like Kirk dealing with godlike creatures. And we don't need it to happen nearly as often. Mm-hmm. But I think that Squire of Gothos is one that we should keep. Yeah, I agree. Squire of Gothos is a pretty solid episode. So that's in. Next up, Arena. Now, Arena, I have a lot of problems. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Arena <laughs> is in. <laughs> All right. Next up, Tomorrow is Yesterday. Okay, Tomorrow is Yesterday. Good episode. I enjoy it a lot. Continuity-wise, it is a lot of time travel problems. Okay. 
It does establish slingshot around the sun, though. Yes. Which we don't necessarily need. It could be one of those, you know, if we keep Star Trek four and they're just like slingshot around the sun, we've done it before. You could just think like, oh, well, they did it in a book or something. I think it's good to have this episode because of that, really. I mean, I think it's a good episode. There might be some continuity issues, but on the whole, I mean, the slingshot around the sun thing is one of the few things which they establish in an episode and come back to numerous times. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important to have it because of that. Yeah. But then we have to keep beaming people inside of themselves, makes them forget what they knew. I, I do appreciate that the uh, one of the Assignment Earth comics uh, is what Gary Seven is doing behind the scenes of this episode, and he makes it so that the Enterprise disappears. Yeah. So it makes sense that, you know, like, oh, it's just gone. You know, why would the Enterprise just be gone? It should still be there from his perspective. So he, like, throws a cloaking shield up around the Enterprise real quick to, to help out. And it, fi- it it kind of fixes some of the uh, some of the issues there. So if I take that comic as canon, then yes, we can keep tomorrow as yesterday. Okay, let's let's keep tomorrow as yesterday because I mean we're going to run into weird continuity problems here and there, but I think this one fixes a bigger one than is just shown up and just shows up in this one episode and then goes away. Okay. So all right, keep it. Next up, court martial. Court martial. Uh, more Kirk backstory, but not the best. But well, we didn't keep we didn't keep menagerie, which means that we don't have a court martial, right? Which is a problem with court martial in general is that you're, you know, back well they film back. all at the same time, but yeah. the back to back kind of, uh, you know, everybody gets court martialed this episode, this season. Woo! Right. Yeah. Um, you do get the cool heart monitor. I would say keep it, because it, it's a pretty solid episode on its own. Yeah. And you get the cool lawyer with all of his books. Yeah. All right, so we're keeping Court Martial. Mm-hmm. Next up, The Return of the Archons. Mmm, Landrew. We have to keep Landrew. Yeah, we I mean, there's to. there's nothing wrong with Return of the Archons. It's a good episode. Yeah, you've got to have Kirk talking to computer to death. And I may vote to keep all of the Kirk talking computer to death episodes. Because mm-hmm. so it it's a cliche a that I love. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next up, Space Seed. We have to keep Space Seed. Yeah, we have to keep Space Seed. <laughs> Regardless of Space Seed itself, we have to keep Space Seed. All right. A taste of Armageddon. Mm, just a taste? A taste of Armageddon. Just a little taste. I, I like this episode. It's pretty solid. Uh, it, it's got a good concept of, you know, is war any cleaner if it's a clean war? Uh, yeah, I'd keep this. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this kind of hits at the heart of what Star Trek is, so let's do it. Next up, This Side of Paradise. <sighs> this Side of Paradise. Uh, I could take or leave this one. Mm-hmm. We get happy Spock, but he's, you know, happy on purpose, but I don't know. It, it it we do get McCoy asking for mint julep, you know, making himself mint juleps on on the planet and it's kind of neat to watch Kirk get frustrated with uh, everybody fall, succumbing to this this uh pollen except for him. It's got a lot of good moments. No, I think we should keep it. 
You think I we think should, we keep, should it? keep it? I think we should. Okay, I don't really care one way or the other, so let's keep it. All right. Next up, The Devil in the Dark. Now, you don't understand the love for Devil in the Dark. No, but I, I don't have any hatred for it either. Right. It doesn't really have any continuity problems. Uh, it's it's cool in that it's got, you know, a non-carbon-based life form, mm-hmm. which is unique to almost every science fiction show ever. It would be a shame to lose it. I, I think I think we should keep it. Yeah, I think if we were to cut it out, there'd be rioting. <laughs> well, it's a show about racism, and you know, we cut it out. That's kind of racist. Yeah. All right. Next up, Errand of Mercy. Well, that one we have to keep. Errand of Mercy, we have to keep. Yes. Klingons. Mm-hmm. All right. Next up, the alternative factor. Go gone, <laughs> far gone. Put in its little, put in its little, you know, my f- favorite Martian spaceship and shot into the sun. There you go. <laughs> Next one, I don't think that there's any, even uh, debating this, I don't think we have a choice in the matter. The city on the edge of forever. We have to keep city. Yes. Um, Continuity-wise, sure, it could be cut. But character-wise, uh, especially with the... Uh, the Crucible book series that I like, the choices that the characters make in this episode do, uh, you can kind of read uh, their choices into the future and into uh, all the other episodes and movies and stuff. So, yeah, I definitely should keep it. Once we start cutting City on the Edge of Forever, then this list becomes pointless because why are we doing it <laughs> in the first place? All right. Just to be contrary. Yes. <laughs> And the final season one episode, Operation Annihilate. I say we cut it, because then that solves a lot of problems with Kirk's family. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say we have Kirk's family in it. Um, We get, like we discussed in the the comic comparison, uh, we will lose Spock uh, being willing to, like, experiment on himself and so forth. But that was really more of a, a... more important to the JJ verse comics uh, slash into darkness than it was uh, uh, for the actual episode. So yeah, yeah, I could, I could get rid of operation annihilate. Yeah. All right. So that's gone. So that's it. That's it for season one. Just to recap. uh, I believe we have 19 episodes here, which is not too bad. We were able to get rid of 11. Mm hmm. They are, and maybe we can put up this list somewhere on Facebook or something like that. Okay. Where No Man Has Gone Before, The Naked Time, Mud's Women, What Are Little Girls Made Of, The Corbamite Maneuver, Balance of Terror, Shore Leave, The Galileo Seven, The Squire of Gothos, Arena, Tomorrow Is Yesterday, Court Martial, The Return of the Archons, Space Seed, a Taste of Armageddon, This Side of Paradise, The Devil in the Dark, Errand of Mercy, and The City on the Edge of Forever. It's a pretty solid list. I like list. it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I think that I think that if we were, I don't know, maybe when we're done, we can go back through, like when we're, we're all the way finished, go back through and, and cut out uh, even more. But that's really good for just looking at season one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I'll have to go back and do season two at some point. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
because it was fun talking about oh god what do i call it <laughs> uh episodes of season one which shouldn't exist okay but that's just one of the trek topics we've been talking about on trek of him this week here's a quick look what you may have missed elsewhere on the network previously on trek.fm standard orbit also i never know whether it's pronounced babel or babel so i always feel um scared to talk about it <laughs> that you don't want to bring it up in polite conversation yeah journey to boom you know <laughs> you know journey to journey yeah journey to, to the to, center to, of the earth to the journey yes earl gray patrick stewart said look we can have that scene where Worf explains why he's in the movie or we can have my mambo scene but we can't have both <laughs> so <laughs> the orb he just completely sells it. And he is Benjamin Sisko by this point. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Well, he better be Benjamin Sisko by this point, yeah. Matthew. There's only one episode left in the series. This is true. This is true. To the journey! And this is, I would dare even say, when he uh, starts falling in love with Captain Janeway. This is the road that leads to the bathtub. From this point forward, he is just ever so slowly falling for her. And the monkey. Warp 5. They were just like, okay, we know this is the end, so screw it. We're just going to do whatever the hell we want. And putting Shatner in there, it's just like, why not? Who cares? The Ready Room. Also, one other thing it reminded me of, when they're in space, the escape pod that Trip and Kaitama use, did that not look to you guys like the ship from Pigs in Space without the engines? Yes. Oh my gosh, you're right. You're absolutely right. Mission Log, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. There are two notes that I okay. seriously made. There were two notes that I made. Mm -hmm. One of them is, I love Riker's TV. I question what he's watching. Commentary, Trek stars. Robert Wise. If he's on the bridge of the Voyager, he's not even back at Harry Kim's station, right? He's one of the extras in the background who has to stand because he doesn't even have a chair. Literary treks. You're waiting for one of the core cast of Vanguard to show up in these books. You're going to be waiting a long time. Because as long yeah. as the three of us have anything to say about it, it ain't going to happen. Continuing mission. The big thing here is I did it all for the cost of 3ds max which i bought with an educational discount so like 300 bucks yeah. i don't think you can get an educational discount on materials to build an <laughs> actual set can you axonar the official podcast when i learned the concept behind prelude to axonar that was going to be a history channel style documentary i just i got so excited like my favorite star trek book ever is david goodman's federation the first 150 years because mm -hmm. i just love uh, it's it's a history book. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows and get in on the daily Trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune. Or you can stream from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash podcast to get all the links. Well, let's tell everyone where they can contact us if they'd like to share their thoughts on today's show. Just go to trek.fm slash contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show and choose Standard Orbit. That'll come to both of us by email. You can also use the tab on the left-hand column of any page to send us a voicemail using a webcam's microphone. And you can talk to us and our other listeners in our Facebook group, the Babel Conference Trek FM Listeners Group. In social media, you'll find our Facebook page at facebook.com slash trekfm and on Twitter under username trekfm. Mike, where can people find you out of orbit? Well, you can find me 
uh, right here on Trek FM doing commentary Trek Stars with Max. And you can also find me on commentarytrackstars.com where I do commentary Track Stars off topic with Max and Brandon. And you can find me on Twitter at mumbles3k. And you can find me on Twitter at 005, D-O-U-B-L-E-O-F-I-V-E, and various other places around the internet under that username. Before we go, we'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor, who helps us bring Standard Orbit to you each week. And our sponsor for this show is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World, Audible has something for everyone. Mike, what do you have for everyone? Well, I have a book. Do you remember back in the day they would number each of the uh, paperback books? Oh, yeah. And, like, number one, I think, was Star Trek The Motion Picture. Okay. I think number two was Star Trek The Entropy Effect. Okay, Okay, cool. Which was written by Vonda and McIntyre, narrated by Leonard Nimoy and George Take George Takei. Sorry, Takei? George Takei. Yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> George Takei. And uh, it's uh, an hour and 35 minutes long, so you know, it's a nice little short thing. You can listen to that in a day. The description on Audible says, A mad scientist, a murdered James Kirk, a universe collapsing onto itself. Featuring a dramatic reading by Leonard Nimoy and George Takei and enhanced with sound effects and an original score. But yeah, it, this was the first book that wasn't the motion picture that was in this in this numbered thing. And, since and they, they already murdered Kirk? They already murdered Kirk. And, and, and since they were all numbered, I was like, oh, so like this picks up where... Because I think like Wrath of Khan was in there, you know, when that came out, they numbered it, you know, 15 or whatever it was. And... I thought like, oh, so these are all the things that take place in between those two movies, and that's cool. And then you start reading, and you're like, oh, no, wait, this is like an original series thing, even though they're wearing their motion picture uniforms on the cover and stuff. And like, this does this fit somewhere else in the continuity, and why do they have numbers then? Because it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and now it's like they have like a very strong continuity in these new books, and none of them have any numbers. And I'm like, where are the numbers? And you can get this book for free since you listen to Trek FM. That's right. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial just to see how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank Audible for supporting Standard Orbit and Trek FM. And lastly, there's another way you can keep us in orbit, and that's by supporting us on Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash trekfm, you'll find a list of donation levels where you can get things like exclusive digital goodies, early access to episodes, access to our project manager, and even be listed as an associate producer for our shows. You'll find out where the donations are going, like covering the monthly cost of hosting and distribution, hiring an editor for our shows, or upgrading our equipment. Again, that's patreon.com slash trekfm, so check it out. Well, everybody... Thanks for listening. Have a good week and keep on trekking. It is the will of Landry. Mr. Chekhov, take us out of orbit ahead. Walk factor one. Hi, sir.